Hey folks, Colin here from thepodcasthost.com and bringing you a special short series of PodCraft, starting today and continuing another two weeks. Uh, Now the aim of this series is to cover something I call the content stack. So this is a concept around creating much more content, much more easily, which is something I think everyone wants to do. Uh, Specifically, that means making planning super simple and creating a podcast episode, a blog post, and at least one video all in the one process. And that often you can do in the same time it takes you right now to create just your podcast episode. So you're getting tons more benefit out of the time that you spend creating. So I'm going to cover the whole process of that over the next three weeks, all actionable as much of showing you exactly how to do it as I can. Now, this was originally recorded for the always excellent Boag World podcast. That was one of the first shows I ever subscribed to and still going strong. So when I mentioned Paul, that's Paul Boag. That's who I'm talking about over at boagworld.com. Now, before we jump in, I just want to say thanks to Memberful for supporting this episode. They make membership sites really, really easy and they just launched private podcasting as well. So you can do private website content, private newsletters and a private podcast now with them for all of your members. If you pop over to memberful.com, you can read more about that. So really pleased that Paul's asked me to do this. Honoured, in fact, to step into the the Boag World podcast. Uh, And when Paul asked me to cover something, um, it was pretty much, it was immediately obvious to me what I should do. There's a certain subject that I talk about a lot. I've talked to a lot of conferences at different events and it's all around uh, something I call the content stack. So it's a stack of content that helps you to build reach and build trust in your business. And it's something that we do a lot at the podcasthost.com, which is the, the website and the business that I run as well. So the aim of the whole thing, the aim of the content stack, and what I really want to talk to you about over the next four episodes is how to become relentlessly consistent in your content. The aim of that being relentless consistency, the aim of that being to build an audience, to grow your audience, to build trust with that audience and to create absolutely fanatical fans of your work. It's all about how to get a blog post, a video and a podcast out every single week and to feel like you're breezing through it as well. Like it's not hard, you know, it's totally all under control, which if you're anything like me, many times when you've been trying to do content, it feels like it's far from under control. And I think for me, and I've seen evidence from this, not just with the podcast host that I run, but elsewhere as well. What that leads to is fans. It's real, it's (laughs) fanatical fans. Fans come from good quality content that's put out consistently and content that encourages them to interact with it in different ways. That's why I think that reading, watching, listening, all of those different actions, all of those different types of interactions, they build engagement in different ways. They build fans in different ways. They build that trust, that loyalty in lots of different ways. The quality, obviously, as well, we want to make sure we keep the quality up. That attracts them. The variety, that hooks them in. And the consistency, that's what nurtures their love for your stuff over time. For me, that is what makes a fan. So over the next few episodes, here are the three big ideas I want to talk about. First, it's how do we choose what we do, you know, from text to video to audio 
and all the rest around that. Which ones do we work with? Well, here's a clue. They're all great in different ways. I think we need to figure out how to make them all work together and how to find the time, or not even find the time, but find the techniques, the approaches that let us do all three in the time we have available and make them all tie really well together. So that's the next idea, really. That's the time. How do we put it all together? How do we make them all work together and still get the rest of your work done? And then it means looking at the long game. You know, how do you keep doing this every single week and squeeze as much juice out of those efforts as you can? So that's what we're going to go through. I hope that sounds good to you. Uh, Now, I want to make this as open as possible. I'm going to get into the weeds in quite a few places here. I love creating this stuff. uh, And even though we've got a team doing this at the podcast host now, I still do a lot of it myself. So if something comes out that's too techy, that's jargon, call me on it. You can contact me at The Podcast Host on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way, The Podcast Host on Twitter. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this, all your uh, arguments and everything. Uh, So yeah, stick out your hand on Twitter we'll have a good chat about it. So just to give you an idea of how I really started to develop this and how I got into this approach for content and maybe, you know, a wee bit of kind of credentials behind it all, I started podcasting and blogging in 2007. Now for about six years from then, it was a part-time thing. It was something I did alongside a full-time job. Now I dotted around a bunch of different projects, but the one that stuck was the podcast host. Uh, I mean, that was partly because I was teaching at a university in Edinburgh at the time, Edinburgh Napier. Um, And I mean, it was just something that I really got into. I was enjoying working at the university, teaching it, but I actually just totally fell in love with the medium. I just loved the fact that podcasting was something that's it's quite intimate. You feel that like you're speaking one-to-one with people, but it lets you reach a huge audience if you can get it out there. I love that combination of presenting, but that one-to-one personal connection as well. So I kept at that part-time and by about 2013, I'd built the podcast host up to a few thousand uh, a few thousand pounds a month in income through affiliate, through advertising. So I decided to jump into it properly at that point. Now, I'll admit, and I know this goes against some of the grain of the entrepreneurial wisdom you hear out there, but I didn't have the nerve to jump in without a safety net at the time. So I took on a PhD in online teaching at that point. So I actually, it gave me much more flexibility, um, but basically I plan to use that PhD to figure out much better ways to teach businesses and entrepreneurs on the internet. And that would tie into the podcast host because that would help me turn the podcast host into an education business, selling courses based on the people that came to visit the podcast host, you know, the free blog content. Plus, you know, it was a bit of a backup plan in case the business didn't work out, you know, I could try and get a teaching job again with my doctorate. So anyway, that's, of course, as you'd imagine, when I got busy, You know, trying to keep up the content, trying to keep getting stuff out regularly alongside doing a PhD as well and developing the business side of things. Plus, at that point, I took on a few clients as well doing podcast production. So I was figuring out how to keep the content regular. Um, You know, the content marketing, it's still, you know, still until very recently, it's still been the biggest source of income for the podcast host. We started our app, Alitu, alitu.com, which is 
uh, an app, a tool for helping people make podcasts. That's a software as a service tool. We started that a couple of years ago, and that's climbing up to sort of overtake the marketing, uh, sorry, the content income these days. But even now, content still is one of the biggest sources of income for us. So it was essential to keep that coming out regularly. And obviously that client work as well. I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that do client work on an agency um, as part of Paul's audience. You'll know <laughs> the time. I mean, you'll know that's one of the biggest barriers to getting content out there regularly, isn't it? Trying to keep up with that client work, trying to help your clients, give the service that you really want to give those clients while still developing your own content, your own business. So that's the tricky part. And that's when I started to develop content stacking. My thinking behind it is that, you know, podcasting's great. I'll explain a bit more why in a bit. But I figured out over time that nearly always podcasting works better when it's supported by blogging and video. But how the hell do you manage to do that? You know, blogging on its own, podcasting on its own, video on its own, those things are all hard enough. But all three, uh, that's why I had to figure out how to tie them all together, but in a smart way. So this was something I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do just straight, you know, content repurposing, just copying from one place to the next. I didn't want to just copy the podcast to a blog or the blog to a podcast or, you know, all that way around. So, and I had to figure out how to do it in a smart way, smart repurposing. And for me, smart repurposing also includes tying in with other mediums like ebooks, audiobooks, email courses, video courses. It's all a huge big ecology of content for me. And it's all possible, I think. It's it's not much more time to create this content stack than it takes to, right now to for you to create a good blog on its own. So I believe that just by adding a little bit extra, definitely not double, definitely not triple, just a little bit extra, you can create podcasts, blogs, and videos. So that's the whole point of this series of four podcasts. I'm going to look at how the heck we can create brilliant content on a really regular basis and to look at how we can squeeze as much value as possible from that content, both for ourselves and for our audience. So let's start with the big problem that we're going to solve here. And then I'm going to talk about how text, audio and video all work together, how we should be putting it all together to create the best solution to the problem. So the problem for me is really, it's, you know, so many businesses come to to us and say, you know, I ask, what, what are you struggling with just now? And I'll ask this to you, you're listening. What do you struggle with most just now in, you know, reaching new customers? Well, reach, that's the first one. So reach, actually reaching new customers, finding new customers, getting yourself out there, visibility. That's the first one. That's the biggest one that always come up. But the second part of that is engagement. So you can reach people, but how do you actually then engage them? How do you get people to go from a casual reader of your blog to actually engaging with that blog, either interacting with it or just starting to get to know you, starting to get to like you? End result of that is trust. So we've got three parts of it there for me. You've got the visibility, the reach. You've got a bit in the middle. I didn't say specifically there, but that getting to to know you, getting to like you. For me, that comes down to differentiation. When they know you, when they like you, you know, you differentiate by that, by your personality, by your values, by your culture. 
so they know what you're all about, what you stand for. And that's why you're differentiated from your competition. That's why they'll come back to you as opposed to all the other widget companies out there. So the second part is differentiation. And the final part is that trust. So obviously that people dealing with people thing, you know, people like to deal with people, like people deal with people that they know and that they trust. They're actually going to hand over their money, buy your products, take your services when they trust you. And they trust you when they get to know you, when they get to like you, and they spend a long time with you. And I'll get into how that ties into the medium. So let's talk quick about running a membership. It's just such a good way to monetize a podcast because it's offering more of what your listeners already love about you and your show for a little regular monthly payment. The podcasters are using subscriptions like this to offer things like ad-free versions of their show or maybe exclusive after-show recordings or bonus episodes. You can even monetize your old content by, you know, taking a whole 10, 20, 30 episodes offline and putting it inside your membership or even run a members-only forum or a Discord channel, try and grow that community inside that membership. You probably know we run a membership of our own, the Podcast Host Academy, And I just find it such a nice way to offer a service for your audience because it lets you help them learn, offer more great content. It's all stuff that they like and they love, all of which is, you know, exclusive to paying users. If you're thinking about it, then Memberful, which I mentioned at the start of the show, Memberful are supporting this episode. They're a really long-serving company in the membership space. Their aim is to make it super easy for creators to set up and sell memberships to their community. The core of that has always been protected content on your website. That's what the Academy is, for example. It's courses, it's pages, it's resources that you have to be a member to access. And Memberful allows you to make them on WordPress really, really easy. Just protect those pages, have people sign up for them and get that subscription so they can get into the content. They also do tie-ins with email providers like ConvertKit and MailChimp so you can have members only newsletters that go alongside that. But the really exciting thing for us is that they've recently launched private podcasting tied right into the existing membership product. So now you can have content, resources, courses, email lists, and a private podcast, and it can all be managed through Memberful. It's really cool, actually. It works with any site just by adding a special buy link, and that pops up the Memberful checkout, which looks really good, makes it really easy to buy. But with WordPress, it's even better. They've got a plugin, which means you can pop buy links into any page, you know, like your show notes, or a page with some extra resources to attract your listeners in, so you can direct them towards those landing pages really easy. So I know you're wondering about the numbers. They've actually got a free plan, which is no monthly charge. But of course, it's not quite free. It comes with a 10% transaction charge, um, which is a wee chunk, but it's actually pretty good value in terms of what you get out of it. It's a way to test the waters since you're only paying when you make money. Then if you know you're going to be keeping it up, you can half the transaction rate to 5% and get a bunch more features by paying their 25 a month. Uh, on their pro plan that's us dollars 25 dollars in the pro plan so if you fancy trying it out go over to memberful.com memberful.com and tell them the guys at podcraft sent you so text text is the first step in this text is great it's quick it's easy you can practice you can edit you can hide behind that page you know it's really low barrier so that's a great way to start just writing blog posts 
The benefit as well is that it hits that first thing that we were talking about. It's the biggest search medium out there. Still, nothing beats plain text search. I mean, I know voice search is coming up. You've got different ways to be searched. You can search on video. YouTube is a huge search engine. But plain text is still the king of search, still the king of reach. So it's the biggest way that you can reach people. People are typing into Google and Google search engine is a way for you to be found to get that reach grown. The trouble is, it's hard to get your personality across in text. You know, it takes a really, really great writer to incite emotion, to convey personality in the written word. word. So people don't really get to know you very well. So while text is brilliant for visibility, for getting yourself out there, for being found, it's not such a great medium for engagement. It's harder to engage people to get them to know and to trust you. And that's when we bring in media. So obviously media has a huge reach now too. Like I said, YouTube, one of the biggest search engines out there. Um, so you can be found that way. But the biggest benefit for me is that, you know, people start to get to know you here. So as soon as you can put yourself in front of people, that's a huge benefit. So say they're reading through the blog, but actually you record a video clip that goes alongside that. You know, there's a video clip embedded into that blog. People are reading through and suddenly they can press play on that video clip. They can see a little bit about you. You know, you're speaking through this topic. Maybe you're covering a highlight of that blog post. Again, we'll get into more of this, how to actually create this stuff later. But Let's just imagine at the moment you've got a clip in there. People can quickly press play. Such easy access. That's the benefit of video. High impact, easy access. People can just link off to YouTube or it can be embedded right in your blog and they can press play. They can get two or three minutes of high impact media. They can see you, your personality. They get to know you and they get to trust you. And that's great. So you're out there in front of them. That's starting to build that engagement. That's how to bring video in. It builds engagement builds a little bit of personality. The trouble obviously with media, with video, is that attention span. We all know what it's like on YouTube. You know, you get into YouTube, you you watch two minutes of one video and then you suddenly see a little video in the top corner there and it's like a cat playing with a little dog and you end up clicking that and then two hours later you're down the YouTube rabbit hole. Total distraction. YouTube uh, video online is in a place where we're so easily distracted. We're on our computers, there's emails coming in, notifications, all that stuff. So attention is just horrible. It's it's partly the fact that, you know, it, it demands all of your attention. You've got to be watching, you've got to be listening, and therefore you've got to be totally focused <laughs> and concentrate. So that's why video has such a low attention span. Now this is where audio comes in. So audio brings in even more personality. But the important part it brings in is attention. Firstly, let's look at the personality. So the difference between audio and video for me is it's that, uh, it's that personal connection. It's that intimacy. Video, you're there in front of people, but it's almost like video is like you in front of a lecture hall, you in a, a conference stage, you're speaking to a huge group of people, you know, there's all the visuals there, there's there's some kind of a barrier between you and that person, because there's the screen there, there's just, it feels like there's something, you're a crowd watching this video. Podcasting is a really weird thing, because you have yourself plugged into your listeners' ears. 
you're talking through their earbuds directly into their brain. And you can speak much more one-to-one. I can say you, you know, I'm speaking to you personally into your brain right now through your headphones or your speakers. It's much more intimate one-to-one. It tends to be a bit more easy to be informal, to be friendly as well. I'm just sitting here speaking into my microphone quite, you know, quite kind of relaxed. Whereas when you're on video, you're looking at this screen, you're, you're talking to the camera. It just feels a bit more staged. So there's just something a bit more informal about, about podcasting as well. Podcasting just tends to create that impression that your listeners are friends. And often I've had an experience where, you know, people have come up to me at conferences or events and they've said, oh, hey, Colin, I listen to your podcast. And, and they just chat away as if they know me straight away. That's the great part of it. They get to know you. And that is why podcasting for me is the ultimate medium for growing real trust real fanatical fans. The kicker on that is the attention, of course. The thing that really grows trust in fanatical fans fast is the fact that, you know, you're lucky if you can get people to watch two or three minutes of a video, but you'll get people listening for half an hour, for an hour, for two hours on a podcast. They'll listen for absolutely ages on a podcast. And that's because they're listening during otherwise wasted time. They're listening during moments where they wouldn't be doing anything else, like driving a car, like walking the dog, like ironing. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm cooking. So I'm cooking for the family, half an hour or something it takes me to make dinner. I'll listen to a podcast while I'm doing that. And because I'm doing something else, a rote task, my attention isn't so easily swayed. I'll happily listen to something for half an hour or an hour and really get to know that presenter, that topic during that time. That's why you get huge attention in podcasting. So you multiply that attention, you know, people listening to you for an hour by the fact that it's really personal, it's really intimate. There's loads of personality in that. Those two multiplied together, that personality times attention, that equals trust. That equals trust. That really grows trust in such a great way for podcasting. So that's why I think podcasting is, it's a lower volume medium, you'll have lower listeners, you know, you'll have less people listening to your podcast than you have reading your blog, but they're much more actionable. They're much more trusting. They're much more likely to actually do what you ask. So a hundred listeners of a podcast, you might actually convert a third of them into clients or even a half of them or even more. Like you can convert a huge proportion of your podcast listeners into either buyers, clients, um, people that you know help with your cause, whatever it is you want your podcast to do. It's such an actionable medium. Whereas with a blog, for example, you know conversion rates in a blog, getting people to just sign up to an email list is hard enough. <laughs> Never mind buy something or use your services. So that is the stack for me. Text. Is for reach. You know, text is to get yourself out there. That's the first contact. People find you via your blog. They take a step up in engagement when they watch your video. You know, that starts to build the trust. And once there's a tiny bit of trust there, they listen to your podcast and that's when they really get to know you. That's when they become fanatical fans. Okay? So that's what we're going to go through. We're going to go through how those three are created. That's how I think they work. That's how I use them within our company. But next we need to go into how they're created, you know, how we're actually going to create all three of those things every single week. Because I know it's not easy. That's, you know, it's hard enough sometimes to get a blog out, to get a podcast out. But I want to go through the process that we use, that I use to create all three of these bits of medium every single week. And I promise you, it's not as hard as you think when you think about it 
the right way. Okay, let's go to a wee challenge. I want to give you something to do at the end of each of these episodes. I remember I mentioned I'm a teacher, sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> so I'll give you some homework. So your first challenge is, this is a personal one, this is more of a mindset one. Accept that your customers want to know more about you. They want to know more about your company, about the people behind your brand. A lot of people balk at this because they think, oh, the stuff we do, you know, it's kind of boring. Oh, we help our customers, but, you know, nobody wants to read about it or hear about it. Well, that is not true. If you have customers, if you have people that engage with you, if you have people that work with you, they care about what you do. They care as much about your topic as you do. So whether you're doing something really exciting, you're like a, a river rafting brand and you can write about outdoor adventure. Yeah, it's obvious that you can create great content about that. But even if you're, you like doing uh, law. <laughs> so we worked with an employment lawyer very recently to create a podcast. Employment law, you'd think, oh, oh, nothing more dry than that. But they put a bit of thought into it and they created something really nice and creative um, and they put it out there and their, their clients loved it. They engaged with it because that's what they work with that solicitor for. They want to know about that. They want help with that in their work. So they care about it. And therefore, it's worth putting in. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, accept that your customers want to know more about you, about your company and about your brand, and particularly about the people behind that brand. So we're going to get you to open up a bit, reveal a bit about yourself and then start to build, you know, your way up that engagement stack. So your first task leading on from that is thinking about who that might be. If you're a one person company, um, it's pretty easy to know who is going to be on that media, but who is going to create this? If you're a larger company, this is a bigger question. You know, if you've got 50 staff, who is going to start to help create your medium? Who is going to be part of the personality? You know, thinking about um, Paul and Marcus when they started this podcast and Headscape, it was the two of them, but they weren't the only people in that team. There was a big team behind it, but they represented that team, their personality represented that team. So who is going to represent your team? Again, if you're a one-person company, easy enough, it's going to be you. But if not, how do you put together a team that represents the culture, the personality behind your, uh, behind your brand? So start thinking about that. Next, leading on from that, do you know who you are? What is the personality you want to communicate behind your company, behind your brand? Even if you're a one-person company, what is the personality, the culture, the values that you want to put across? If you're a larger company, this is even trickier. What are the brand's values, the brand's culture? What's the brand's uniqueness behind your company? Once you get a good handle on that, you'll know, a, you'll have a better idea of what the flavour of the media is going to be, you know, what you're going to create exactly, what the videos, what the podcasts, what the blogs are going to be. Thanks for jumping in, folks. I hope you enjoy this series and that it helps you start to get more content out in less time. Remember to check out Memberful over at memberful.com, M-E-M-B-E-R-F-U-L.com. That's if you're thinking about running a membership site. And if you want to make sure your podcast recording and editing is loads easier as well, then check out our own podcast maker tool, Alitu. That's over at alitu.com, A-L-I-T-U dot com. Otherwise, thanks for popping by. I'll see you next time. <laughs>